Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right. We're into a football season tradition now. Hearing from all the coaches. They've all got press availability on Monday. They all do their press conferences. Plus, Gary Anderson comes on the air with PK and I. And you're going to hear from all of them in this hour. We're going to start with Gary Anderson on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Doing well. So you're back at it. And I'm curious now, uh, you mentioned uh, on Talking Sports Sunday night, 50 guys in the program. It's a heck of a number, and it's been talked about. How long did it take you before you actually knew everybody's name and you weren't greeting with, hey, big guy, hey, dude, what's up, man? When did you actually know everybody's name? I'm giving you credit. I assume by now you do. Yeah, we got them pretty good now, but it uh, takes a little time, obviously. Uh, I don't have a number for you, but uh, we try to – Try to learn those names as quickly as we can, but uh, we're we're in a good spot there. So, and the uh, 50 new kids are grinding because they've got a, a core of veterans that allowed them to come in and, and feel very comfortable. So it's uh, it's been good. So, Gary, you guys put out a depth chart over the uh, weekend, and you know they usually, and you guys did it too. You put in bold the returning starters, and you look at your offense, and you only got two guys who are bold, and that's at uh, Edwards and obviously Jordan Love. But as I look deeper at the offense, you know, Scarver's got some playing time, and obviously Gerald Bright, Chelsea Mariner played down at Utah, Caleb Rep played down at Utah. In in my mind, it's not as barren as only two restart, starters returning. You do have some experience, so I don't expect it to be that bleak. How would you respond to that? Agreed. You know, there's it's awesome when you have – some young men that have played, and if they've played in college football games, that's a, that's a big part of it. And, hey, you know, and even some of those, the young offensive linemen, yeah, there's four new starters in there. Um, but at the very beginning of this thing back in January, we made that decision to say we're going to believe in these guys and we're going to go with them, and away we go. And they did get a little bit of time last year. You know, it was it – was, game was out of hand or what have you, but you still played. And so uh, you're right, though, with Caleb and COC, it's uh, no different for them. They're getting ready to play a football game, and um, I feel I feel good about it. You know, even like Jalen Warren. I mean, Jalen Warren's played at a high level of J.C. football, and, um, you know, he'll walk in there, and him and G. Bright will be the one-two punch mainly as we go through it. And, you know, Riley's done the same thing at the running back position. So I completely agree with you. It's not as, uh, it's not just two returning starters, and I would expect those many of those kids to handle themselves like it's not their first – you know, big-time college football game. As a longtime defensive coordinator, though, you know how you would attack an offensive line that had limited experience and, and more importantly, maybe limited experience together. So is that one of the main concerns going into the opener? Sure, yeah, absolutely. When you have uh, four new guys in that spot and kind of how are they going to dictate, what are they going to try to come after those guys? And, you know, that's uh, the great thing behind that is, you know, Jordan's back there and Jordan has the ability to get the ball to his receivers. And I expect the receiving core to play at a high level. Um, I really do. And they need to make sure that they're getting where they need to be to get the ball in their hands and uh, get the ball out quick and you know but you sit there and say you know what we're not, not going to sit back and say we're a football team that's going to you know seven step drop and have to protect for four seconds I mean that's not the that's not the goal of many fast paced offenses and it surely is not our our goal um, we need to run the ball effectively and that's that's going to be the big challenge against a big physical front weight force as they're good they're good up front they're physical they got linebackers that can run you know, our ability to be able to run the football is going to be a key part of the game yeah, with that in mind, you mentioned Jalen Warren to J.C. transfer. I'm wondering, though, as far as the amount of carries, are you going to lean on Bright? Is Bright going to be your guy, or are you going to mix it up? Oh, we're going to mix it up, and that's it, always been our, our philosophy. But, you know, G. Bright's going to go in there, and he's uh, he's a starting running back. Um, Jalen's, uh, you know, our starting B running back, I guess you would say, and or one A, however you want to put it. Uh, but they're both uh, they're both going to get a ton of reps. And I just, when we've ever been at our best, we've had quite frankly three running backs that have been involved highly in the uh, in the run game uh, and highly effective in the offense. And that will be our mindset again, is to get uh, two and even three of those guys involved. And I think G. Bright's excited about that. In fact, I know he is, and I know the other the other backs are going to be in there complimenting him as he goes through. Um, are excited about the opportunities that they'll get. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us. 
Uh, obviously, you've had plenty of time to watch a lot of Wake Forest film from last year. They sent their best receiver, Greg Dortch, off to the NFL. Uh, he's with the Jets. But they got a 1,000-yard back, back, and they got a young quarterback they've invested in. So how much do you feel like you got a good handle on what they're going to do? Well, I think we have a good handle on what they're going to do. Um, you know, they've they've been together. The offensive coordinator's been there for a while and uh, has, has done a nice job. You know, they they want to be balanced. They want to run the quarterback as needed. They do a nice job of creating gaps within the run game. Um, a lot of different polars, a lot of different scenarios and situations that cause linebackers to potentially be conflicted and safeties to be conflicted in the coverage and gap schemes. So, um, you know. It, that's not going to change. I don't expect that's going to change. Um, they're, they're, they're a smart football team. They're well coached. Uh, the quarterback does a nice job of making plays, and he did that last year in those last few games for them and gave them an opportunity to win you know, three of the last four and win the bowl game, and, and he was a huge part of that. Big, strong, physical kid. Um, loves to run the ball, loves contact. It's obvious to see he's, he's not a quarterback that says, I don't like to you know, run, run around and um, not worry about getting tackled, not worried about taking guys on, and, and throws a very nice deep ball um, in critical situations that allowed them to win a couple of those games. So we've got a good team in front of us, an offensive line that, uh, you know, three new starters, but uh, they got one young man back that was a great player for them two years ago and uh, had an injury, but has hopped himself back in there. And uh, he's a really good player and he'll play left tackle for them. Yeah, that quarterback you speak of, you know, they started Sam Hartman early and then he broke his leg in the ninth game. And so the Newman comes in 6'4", 235, and then they go on and win three of their last floor, including the bowl game against Memphis, uh, 37-34. As you look at them, was Newman the difference in being able to finish strong? I think he was a key factor. I don't know if he was the difference. You know, they played great team football and had belief and some toughness down the stretch. I mean, Duke, they fell, uh, or excuse me, Memphis in the bowl game, they fell down uh, 28-10. A lot of things didn't go their way, and they just kept fighting and battling. And the end of the game was the same way in the bowl game. The offense went down the field and made a couple nice plays, but had a nice drive, scored a touchdown, and the defense had to come back and stop Memphis from scoring again. So they just, they, they, they played good good team football down the stretch and gave them opportunity to win and you know Duke's a good football team uh, that game was never close uh, 59 to 7 or whatever the final score was of that and you know then they go in North Carolina State so it's, it's uh this is a good football team, and they've got some mojo. They've turned their program around, and they're headed to where they want to go and uh, you know, feel very good about uh, their guys that are coming back. So, But he's a big part of it, absolutely, yes. Um, they're, they're both good quarterbacks, but you know, Newman's coming in. He's the guy that we're preparing to face at the beginning, and you know, if Hartman comes in, Hartman comes in. Gary Anderson joining us, Utah State football coach. Uh, you are opening with a trip to Wake Forest, and later on you've got to go to uh, LSU. Now, you got eight conference games locked in and BYU pretty much locked in, so that's nine. What's the scheduling thought going forward? Now you've been in the Mountain West six games. We know these games get booked a long way out. What do you want the non-conference schedule to look like, and do you want it to look anything like this? Well, uh, you know, ideally traveling across the country twice, um, not overly in favor of that. I just think it'd be great for our fans and great for our team and everybody else to be able to, you know, stay on the West Coast and potentially play a somebody in the Pac-12. Uh, be great for us. So we're going to do that in the next couple, three years. You know, we've got Washington, we've got Washington State coming our way, and um, those are those are good games for us. Um, we got Washington, Washington State the same year, <clears throat> one year. So I don't know if that's what you drop on the board, but uh, with those games that you get locked in there, you know, I'd love to be able to always play a Weber State, uh, an Idaho State. You know, keep that SUU, Dixie State. I think that's great for those teams and great for our teams to stay in and let kids that have played against each other in high school play against each other and um, you know help help the other programs around if they get a little money out of it. That's great for them, uh, but it's hard to schedule. Also, it's uh, not a lot of people are excited about. You know, saying, hey, we'll go a a one-for-one with the Pac-12 team and come here and play. People aren't going to do that. That just doesn't fit into their scheduling mindset um, very often. If they get in a bind, we may get that. So you have to be creative, but ultimately we'd like to, you know, stay in our region and play those games so it's easier for our fans to get there and best for our, you know, student-athletes. Thank goodness this game is on a Friday and we're going to get back here at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's a tough deal, but at least it's Saturday. It's not Sunday when you're walking into the next game. As I look at your defense, Gary, uh, what are you going to do with Nalei? He's listed as a defensive end. It seems like he can be one of those guys that you've had at Utah, or we've seen at Utah anyway, whether you had him or when they were there when you were gone. Guys who can play up, play down, but really be an impact player. 
Yeah, that's what he needs to be, and that's true. He can play up. He can play down. We need to be strategic how we use him, um, work to get him involved in, you know, different types of pressure situations and, you know, what the, uh, implement him in positions where it feels like pressure potentially to a quarterback and give him an opportunity to create some one-on-one matchups for him. Um, you know, you don't surely you don't want to leave Tipa just there all the time, rushing off the edge exactly the same all the time uh, where they can chip him with the back. And so we'll – We'll be creative with him. Uh, we'll try to get him in positions to make big plays for us. And, and he'll be involved in, in some pass drops at times so people can't just get a beat and find him all the time and know where he's coming from. But he's a very, very good player, talented young man. Um, I'm excited to watch him go and you know, see what he can bring to the table um, throughout this season. It's very important for him to play at a high level, and uh, he's, I know he's looking forward to it, and we are too. Gary, when you're bringing in 50 new guys, the fan base, okay, obviously they know the quarterback and they know a couple other guys, but some of these guys they don't know now, and they're going to love these guys pretty quickly. Who is most likely to fit into that category? Well, the new guys, obviously, at the running back position, Jalen and Riley will be a big part of that. The transfers uh, are going to hop in there and, and get going. Caleb's going to do a nice job for us. Yossi's going to do a nice job for us. Uh, you know, Tristan, the young man that just came in from Arizona State 10 days ago, uh, there's no free agency in college football, but there kind of is free agency now in college football, I guess you would say. So, uh, you know, those transfer kids are expected to come in here and play at a high level um, and uh, and help us. So that, that's why we took them, and I think you'll see all of them contribute in a positive way. Uh, you know, the young freshmen, we're going to, a couple of those kids will you know, feel the process out um, and, and see where they go, but uh, we're not going to necessarily don't need to throw a lot of them into the fire. Uh, this game, in this situation, we don't project a lot of those guys getting reps, but we will be able to travel a lot of them, which will be nice. A lot of those young men can get on the plane and have the travel experience, and uh, we can travel a few more because it's a non-conference game. We saw once University of Utah's special teams with the kicker and punter were going to be good. All of a sudden, their head coach decides he's going to coach that unit. You've got a uh, punter and kicker returning in Scarver who led the nation in returning yardage. So are you smart enough to claim that you're coaching that unit too like Kyle did? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, you're funny. you got to find a way to stir the pot somewhere, don't you? No, I'm not. Because Coach Collins is baby, and he's done a tremendous job of getting those young men in the program and recruiting them and uh, has a huge emphasis on, on the special teams areas as a whole. And this specialist crew is, is very, very good. They've all done a nice job of understanding their role, taking care of their bodies, and getting themselves in position, I think, to uh, have to trend this year. And uh, you know, I, I expect when we ask those special teams to not just play well, but to play great, and when they have an opportunity, they need to win games for us. And I think they're excited about that opportunity. So you have coached with a, uh, a lot of coaches, the staffs now at Wisconsin, Oregon State, Utah. What have you seen, borrowed, grabbed, and brought back to uh, Logan? Oh, many, many, many things. Um, you know, but I think as you, as you go through time as a head coach, uh, the one thing I've learned as I've gone through and, and hired staffs and uh, been around coaches and interviews is you know what they can do on the board and what they know x's and o's um, is not the most important thing and through all those experiences i believe when we've been on our best we have a group of coaches that really first and foremost care about the kids there's a lot of good coaches out there as far as x's and o's and techniques and fundamentals uh, but to find the mix of the coach that uh, really cares about the kid first um, spends the time to stay on the cutting edge of his position or as a coordinator, wherever he may be, is is so important. And then I think adjusting with the times of college football. Um, but just, for instance, you know, practices. Practices change every single year, not just by rules and things like that, but by uh, the structure of your team, who they are, how deep you are, how young you are, how old you are. Um, you need to always continually move through the process of putting those kids in a position to um, – get all the knowledge they can on the practice field and in the meeting room, but also make sure that they're fresh and ready to go play um, on game day and, and manage their lives so they understand they can come into the office and sit down and talk about real-life things, and it's not just about football because it has to be fun. Um, and I guess I'll end that question by saying the game of football has to be fun for these young men because it's a short time in their life they're doing this, and there's going to be adversity. There's a lot of things tugging and pulling out them, but at the end of the day, I hope they can you know, have a smile on their face when they come in to, to play the game that they've decided to play in college. You've been a head coach now at a number of institutions. Is Jordan Love the best quarterback you've ever had? 
best quarterback I've ever had. Um, <laughs> I ain't answering that. <laughs> he's he's pretty damn good. <laughs> so we'll we'll see as we go through. Uh, you know, he's got uh, all the tools to be a tremendous, tremendous player, and he was last year. Uh, but the best thing about Jordan is he just wants to continually learn. He's had multiple coordinators, and he's taken information from every one of those coordinators. Um, he's done a great job with that, and he just he continually works with. Coach Sanford now understanding where he's going. He does not think he's arrived in any way, shape, or form. And you know, he's he's a grinder. He's a great teammate. He's a leader, and he expects to go out there and play at a high level. So I believe he's a, a great quarterback, and we need to do all we can. Everybody in this whole program need to do all we can to to help him be great. Least favorite PK question: That one, the one before about Kyle coaching special teams, or last year at the U when he put you on the spot about staying there, or maybe leaving again because I thought you were looking at him then like you know I could take you out I choose not to but I could take you out (laughs) oh hey you know I I was more disappointed that I didn't get to see him yesterday than I was disappointed that he hit me with any of those questions how about that I really missed him yesterday in the uh, in the studio there there it is all right were you golfing what were you doing (laughs) I was actually out of town we had taped earlier so I was not there Okay, that's 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 a get out of jail free card. You had to go take care of your family. I understand that. There you okay. go, <laughs> Gary. We appreciate a few minutes, and we look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Uh, just because we like uh, PK trying to corner you and then you wriggling <laughs> off the hook. That's the best part of the segment. All right, guys. I appreciate it. There's the head coach of the Aggies coming up next. The head coach of the Utes, Kyle Winningham. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time now to hear from Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham, who's going to uh, not talk about injuries, but talk about health, which means he's eliminating injuries. What's Zach Moss going to do in this game? You're about to find out. Listen up. Okay, before we get started, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Brad Rock. Uh, a lot of years of great service uh, in this state and, and uh, a real professional and just appreciate the, the coverage he gave us and uh, what he did for the state of Utah as far as his uh, journalism and so forth and a great person. So, Brad Rock, wish you all the best in uh, retirement. Uh, game week is finally here. Um, you know, we're ready to go. It's, you know, one thing about college football is you, you get so tired of beating on each other throughout all spring ball and all fall camp. It's not like the NFL where you get a bunch of preseason games and that type of thing to get ready. You got you to work against each other. So our guys are definitely sick of doing that, as I'm sure everyone in the country is. And it's going to be nice to get out and uh, actually play an opponent instead of lining up against ourselves every day. Um, we've had a good fall camp. I think our guys are ready to go. We'll find out. Um, still got some question marks that will probably be resolved through the course of play. You know, how the, how the offensive line is going to come together, our kicking situation and so forth. So there's still some things that uh, are unsettled as far as uh, not knowing for certain, but uh, that's the nature of the game. I mean, that's I'm sure everyone in the country has got those same issues as well. So anyways, we're excited to get going and uh, shoot, we're what, three days away, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three days away, and, and uh, we'll find out where we stand. Questions? Coach, um, you know, you had Zach, Tyler, Britton all have season-ending injuries last year, and they've all worked back from those injuries. How, how are they looking individually and collectively going into this opener? Good. They'll be ready to roll. Yeah, they'll all be ready to roll, and and uh, we're looking forward to, to having them back. That's a, that's a lot of offensive production right there you just mentioned, and, and it's great to have them back. Kyle, I realize it's not a Pac-12 game, but how big of a deal is the biggest sporting event in the state of Utah to Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes? Well, the rivalry game is always uh, 
a big deal in the state. You're right. I mean, it is most years. I guess there may be some exceptions. Most years, it is the biggest event uh, of the entire year. And, uh, you know, no conference implications, obviously, with the, the way things are set up now. But uh, always bragging rights and, and uh, it has an impact on some of the in-state recruiting and that type of thing. So every game's a big deal. And, uh, you know, the rivalry game coming in the opener is, is brand new. It's put a whole different spin on it. And so uh, we'll see how it goes. Kyle, is there anything you can learn from the week zero games that maybe you can help kind of start off faster or different tendencies that maybe you saw in those games to help you this Thursday? Uh, maybe just the fact that the team typically that makes the fewest mistakes is going to win, although Hawaii won turning the ball over six times. I mean, that's an anomaly. I mean, you look at statistical analysis, and that's in the you know 2% of the time category probably at best that you can get away with that. But, but even the Florida-Miami game was pretty laden with penalties and, and missing cues and so uh, you know the, the team that you know in an opener you want to try to eliminate as much chaos as you can and if you just play hard it'll cover up you know the mistakes you do make and so uh, the opener is is always um, a lot of unknowns no matter who you're playing and uh, you got to be ready for uh, just a broad spectrum of possibilities because they've had all off season to to change things up Coach, uh, generally speaking, Utah's the underdog going into most games, and I know that's how you like it. This year's not the case. What, what's the message been throughout the offseason to the team to try and get them ready to be the favorite? Well, uh, trying to build on the success we had last year. You know, we had a, a pretty good year last year, winning the winning the Pac-12 South, and uh, you got to be able to handle that success. And handling success is is a lot different than trying to attain it. I mean, it's a different type of mindset, and you got to you know continue to work hard and not uh, think you have all the answers, and and uh, be able to you know just. Uh, you know, continue to do what got you there, and not not get comfortable with uh, with what you've accomplished. Because we got a lot more that we need to accomplish. Uh, the the one position battle that was unclear until the depth chart came out just now is Tariq Lewis at cornerback. Mm -hmm. How did he win that job? Just uh, slightly edged out to Josh Nurse, and and uh, you'll see Josh Nurse in the game as well as Tariq because it was that close. And uh, another guy, uh, Travis Broughton, is a guy that really is starting to come along, the freshman now. Whether or not he gets any game experience uh, defensively, he'll get on special teams, but, but that remains to be seen. But uh, that was a close battle. Tariq just played slightly better than Josh uh, for you know more of the fall camp but Josh where Josh Nurse is right now as opposed to where he was when we first made the transition to DB is night and day and he's very proud of we're very proud of what he's done there Zach Wilson is a, a kind of guy a guy that really came on strong at the end of last year for them uh, what kind of progression um, do you expect to see from him well he's you know he was uh thrust in there as a true freshman and I thought he handled it well and like you said his numbers got better as the season wore on um, you know it's a new season you know everything is is uh, you know a fresh start for everybody but but uh, you know you could definitely see him getting more comfortable in their scheme and and certainly more productive as the season went on and of course he finished off with that uh, statistically outstanding game uh, in the bowl game. I know depth charts don't necessarily mean much to you when we, you put them out in, in terms of sending it to us, but what, what's the running back situation look like? Obviously, I have Devonta Henry Cole as your number two, but do you see Brumfield or, or Wilmore kind of getting in that action? Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, Zach is our lead guy. But as we <clears throat> talked about before, you know, you run the football – 40 times a game, he's not going to carry it 40 times. And so there's got to be some supplemental carries in there. And you will see Jordan Wilmore. You will see uh, Devonta Henry Cole. And you will see uh, Devin. And so we got four guys right now that are in the mix uh, uh, for for carries. and uh, But Zach will get you know the lion's share of those carries. But Coach, you're used to riding momentum after a bowl win. That's not the case this year. Have you noticed a difference in this season – or this offseason after not winning the bowl game and maybe having this as BYU as the opener help offset that maybe? I don't think so. You know, it was a, it was a downer, obviously, and it affects you for a certain period of time afterwards, but you got to get it out of your system. You can't dwell on that or linger on it. And, and uh, it's something that, uh, you know, I – haven't sensed any difference in the way our team is their attitude their uh, their preparation uh, so yeah I think it was a uh, you know a downer for a couple of weeks and then after that you got to get over it and move on 
Coach, I was curious why you decided not to have players join us this year. The well, the class conflicts for one, and and uh, you know, giving them time to eat. I mean, there's just a lot of things. Plus, you'll have access to them later today, so there really is no disadvantage other than just not forcing them to drag drag themselves into here and disrupt their schedule. One more That's question: all. Just to what's your level of? You know, we've talked a lot about the kickers this year, the kicker and the punter, the new being new. What's your level of confidence as the season's getting started? Well, very good right now, but uh, as I always say with kickers, you know, when the you know, game situation is different than practice situation, and that's not only for kickers, for everybody, but but uh, as far as what we've seen in practice, we feel confident in both the punting and place kicking and the kickoff because that's also a factor. And so uh, we'll see, you know, when the when they get their opportunity in the game, but, but uh, if they can play like they practice, which oftentimes is the case, then they should be just fine. Kyle, as a guy who has lifetime experience in this rivalry, do you still enjoy it all these years later? Enjoy it. Uh, it's competitive. It's it's uh, intense. Um, you know, when you're not in the same conference, it takes a different. It's a, there's a different feel to it, but uh, it's still you know it's still every bit as as uh, gratifying, I guess you could say, as always. Coach, going back to the kicking conversation, what yard line are you comfortable with when it comes to distance for, for Andrew on Thursday? Well, he's got a strong leg. He's hit as, uh, as far as 56 in practice. And so I think it's to say what yard line as a hard and fast rule is, is um, hard to do because situation of the game, what effect will a missed kick have in that game as opposed to what effect the, uh, you know, three, three additional points will have. Because if you try, you know, when you, you know as well as I, when you try long field goals, if you don't convert, you've given up some field position. So it's just a, more a matter of uh, game complexion and circumstances rather than a hard and fast uh, yard line. But where is he capable of? You know, if we reach the, uh, you know, the 36, 37 yard line, that's, that's where it starts to come into his realm of possibility. Just to follow up on Zach Moss, when you say he's ready to roll, does that mean Thursday? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unless something happens between now and then, I guess could happen. We've talked about it over the years, but just your relationship with Kalani, uh, is it just as strong as it ever has been? And, and, and what remember some of your earliest memories of when you realized that this is my kind of guy? Yeah, well, to answer your first part of the question, yeah, we, we I feel very close to Kalani. We spent a lot of time in the offseason again this year. Um, we uh, have a lot in common as far as how we think and and uh, personality-wise, at least in my estimation. Um, and what was the second part? <laughs> when did you realize? That this oh, when I, yeah, right when I interviewed him. You know, uh, Gary Anderson said, hey, here's a guy that, you know, when, I hired, when Gary was, was obviously on the staff when I got the head job, got elevated to, to a D coordinator, he said, here's a guy I want you to take a look at for a spot on the staff. Didn't necessarily say where because Kalani had coached offense uh, for most of his time, although he had a little bit of background on defense. And uh, it was that very first interview when I sat down with him and, and we spent a couple hours talking together and, and uh, hit it off right away and and uh, really, really, uh, you know, just enjoyed his personality and, and his attitude. And, and uh, like I said, we had a lot of common ground. Coach, the defensive line was able to generate a lot of pressure in last year's game, but they weren't able to convert a lot of those pressures into sacks. What's the focus this week heading into the game on Thursday with BYU for the defensive line in particular? Well, just you know, play their play their game. I and mean, we got very good players up front. You know, those three seniors in particular, and then uh, Max Dupai and Mika Tafu are really good. The, you know, the underclassmen. And so, um, you don't want to you don't want to press. You don't want to try to do too much. Just do your job. And and last year we we did get some pressures, but let them out of the cage uh, several times and and uh, weren't disciplined enough in our in our rush lanes. And so that's been a point of emphasis all fall camp long as being more disciplined in our rush lanes. Now, that's not to say the QB's never going to or he's never going to escape because he is. I mean, there's four four pass rushers and six gaps, and so you're not going to cover all the gaps, you know, every single rep, every single pass. But but if you can just make him feel uncomfortable, don't let him just sit back there and, and uh, have time to go through all his reads, snap after snap, that's really what gets you in trouble. we got to be able to disrupt him. 
After going all through spring and fall camp, you, you probably have a good grasp of what the personality and the mentality of this team is. Mm-hmm. What what are they like and how is it maybe different than in years past? Well, it's far more similar to last year than different. There's a lot more similarities. Uh, leadership has been outstanding. The way they go about their business. And, you know, we and I say that because we only lost, what, 10 seniors or nine or whatever it was. So, so most everybody's back. So there's not a lot of turnover where some years when you lose 20 plus seniors, you can see a dramatic change in the attitude and the personality. Not so this year. It's very similar to what it was last year, and which is a good thing because I love last year's group and feel the same about these, these guys. <clears throat> Kyle, obviously you want the win, but what, is, what does success look like for you in the first week of, of games? Success for us? To win, yeah, to win would be the that would be the, the definition of it without a doubt, and uh, I don't I don't know what else to say other than that's that's how we're measured wins and losses, and so that would be the the primary focus and criteria. It doesn't matter how it happens, you know, ugly, pre- pretty, doesn't none of that matters. It's just trying to get a win. Good question. Yeah, I did, nothing wrong with your question, or Tom's haircut, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Did you do that yourself? Did you do that yourself? It looks good. Okay. You, you mentioned, you touched on this briefly, uh, the, all the returning experience that you have uh-huh. this year. Um, it, in terms of the teams that you've coached, has, has this been the most experienced squad you've had coming back? I would say, yeah, just based on the outgoing seniors. Now, I don't want to minimize those guys that left because they, they were really good football players, and I think every one of them, or close to every one of them, either got drafted or had a shot as a free agent. So there, there was a great deal of talent there. But as far as just returning experience, probably this year and, and then the 08 year was kind of the same. You know, We felt like we had a, a, a very good nucleus returning that year, and so probably comparable to, to what we had returning in 08 as far as the, the amount of starters and the quality of those starters. Coach, in talking to the players, they use this eight-game winning streak as motivation, not wanting to be the team that, that ends it. How much of the, how much of the, is the streak brought up in, in when you talk to the team of we, we just don't lose to this team? Well, we don't focus on the number of you know where whatever it is, and it's it's a, a situation where you're right. You know the the responsibility they feel to the people that have come through the program, and and we've had what five senior classes come through that have never tasted defeat in this game four or five and so uh you're exactly right they don't want to be the uh the group that that breaks that streak you know and you know nothing lasts forever that's for certain but they don't you know they don't want to be the ones that that uh, are in that boat you had mentioned that this is uh the first time you play BYU the first game of the season mm-hmm. how's that been different during the offseason I mean you're not breaking nettles and you know beat BYU or anything but how has it how's it been different no different no different at all as far as our approach, uh, how we handled spring ball, how we handled summer conditioning, how we handled fall camp. There really is no no difference. We started preparing for the opponent at the exact same point in time through fall camp that we have in years past. And so the process is the process. It doesn't change, and uh, we believe in it. And so there was no change at all as far as uh, how that came about or how, how it came down. One more, Dirk. This close to the stairmaster and Dirks. I got to work on my material. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, I was going to ask with the changes to the offense and that. Do you anticipate Zach Moss and Britton Covey having maybe similar loads that they had last year, or no one not want to show your hand on that? Well, they're both really two really good players, and and Zach Moss, you know, we we like to establish the run. That's never changed, and and uh, Zach is. You know, one of the best backs in the country, in our opinion, and so he is certainly going to get, you know, his share of touches. And Covey is our leading receiver, returning from last year, and so yeah, to answer your question, they'll be they'll be a big part of the offense. Both those guys. There is Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We've heard from Gary Anderson, Kyle Whittingham. Now it's time to hear from BYU coach Kalani Sitake. What, what's it like uh, opening the season against one of your biggest rivals? I mean, how has it kind of influenced the preparation that goes into this season? I think it's had uh, it, it's 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 done its purpose. I think the, uh, the sense of urgency from our players. Um, yeah, I think this is, I don't know if we've ever felt uh, this strongly about an uh, opening game, you know, but I think more more than anything, I want our guys to remember what it's like so we can simulate this uh, offseason um, preparation and try to uh, try to get that feeling every every year. So it's been really cool. I uh, love the response our players, the ownership and the leadership that we've seen. So I uh, just really excited for the season and happens to be against Utah this Thursday. So I uh, just really excited about 2019. You've had a lot of success as a team with season openers. Uh, won five in a row, nine of the last ten. Um, what, what's played, in fact, the biggest part in that continued sustained success in starting the season that strong? I think first thing that comes to mind is probably health, if you're looking at it from that long. You said nine out of ten. So uh, the fact that we have that much time to get everyone ready, it's kind of like the the goal for everyone that's coming off off-season conditioning and also the surgeries and anyone that has has any issues going on with their bodies, they can get that ready. And the, the goal is to be ready by the time we open up for camp and then uh, work camp a little bit <clears throat> so they can get ready for the season. So that's for the guys that are recovering. But for the most part, I think everyone uses that as a, as a goal to, you know, standard or to get their body 100% ready. And so uh, that's probably plays a lot into it. But uh, we have to be able to do it 12 times. And so that's what I'm focused on is trying to simulate that and have a great performance and be the best BYU we possibly can uh, this fall. You know, so starts with the first game and hopefully gets us the the, you know, the results we want and that we can end up trying to simulate that and, and do it every every week from there, there on out. Does this first game have the potential to, to define your season right away? No, the season is, is 12 games long, trying to earn more time to get more more games. So... Um, I don't really focus on end result as much as I do the process and the, and the uh, being able to enjoy the opportunity to make memories. I think I've mentioned that before that um, <clears throat> so fixated on the result that you forgot to you forget to stop, smell the roses, and enjoy the the process, and that's when you miss out on memories. So, really trying to find ways to make as many memories as we can uh, this Thursday and and enjoy them, and then uh, and see what the end result is afterwards. But the season is. Uh, our, our players have been really excited about this game because it's the first game of the season. So they're really excited about the season, and we're, that's what I'm excited about the entire season, and it happens with game one. How do you feel you match up with them on the field, and then conversely, how they match up with what you'll put out there? I think everything's different. You know, I think we feel like we have 11. They can count to 11, so there'll be 11 on 11 on the field. You know, and um, if there's more than that, the rest will stop the game and call a penalty. So that's kind of uh, what comes down to. You know, we. We understand the, where they're at and then the predictions for them. And there's a lot of excitement going on about the, that team. And so we're just as excited to see us, how we match up against them. You know, there's, they're, they're, they're picked to win the Pac-12. And, and uh, a lot of experts and analysts have chimed in on, on where they see them fitting in, in the scope of college football. And let's see what, where we fit. So that's, that's kind of the challenge to see where, how we fit. And really confident in the way our guys prepared. And, they should go into this game feeling loose and, and uh, confident and, and feeling excited for the opportunity. What challenges are there when preparing for an offense that has a new offensive coordinator? How do you approach that? Well, I worked with him for four years, so that helps out a little bit. And, uh, you know, so hopefully um, the fact that I'm familiar with him uh, will help out. And, and same with Coach Tuyaki. And we have coaches on our staff that have been around, Andy Ludwig, for, for some time. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen what he's done, and so there's a, there's some really good things that he's done in college football, a lot of great film. He's been coordinating for a long time in Wisconsin, Vanderbilt, and other places, so we'll be able to pull up a lot of the film and, and see what he does. But I think he's the kind that works with his talent. I know Andy Ludwig really well, and he's a great coach. Um, he's great at schemes and strategies, so uh, we'll have to be ready for all of it. I think that he, he can do so many different things from pro style to spread and the QB run game and all that, and so we we've had a month to prepare for it, and so I think our defense there shouldn't be too many surprises, but we'll see. How, 
you, you mentioned making memories. How much fun is it to have these types of games like Arizona last year and Utah to start and kind of be able to have the, you know, kind of a, a high-profile opponent as opposed to maybe someone that doesn't have the, the same profile just to be able to, to get the season going? Memories work all, all the same. We're given 12 opportunities, and so I'm not really focused on the opponents as much as it is. I mean, I think in the, in the preparation that kind of helps spark a little bit more excitement for the, for the players. But as coaches, our job is to try to get this team to be as, the best they, help, they possibly could be. And how it matches up to Utah, we'll see Thursday night, you know. But my job is to get them in a position where they can perform their best Thursday night and then do it 11 more times and try to earn more time afterwards and try to earn another game together and see if we can do it 13 times. You mentioned the preseason hype with Utah then picked to win the Pac-12 and such. How do you, I guess, drown that out for both the coaching staff and with the players to help them just focus on doing their best and playing their game? Oh, our focus and our energy has been on us. And, 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 but you can't really uh, discredit the fact that they're, they're pre predicted to finish so well. You know, so uh, But focusing on us, we have a team that we're going to play against, and so that's part of scouting our opponents. Uh, a great deal of respect, but um, at the same time, We're focused on what we can do as a team, and and uh, but going into the game, you have to know your opponents, and we see them, and so it's it's a there's a lot of excitement, and we're looking at the great opportunities that this season holds for us, not just one game, but the entire season. These guys have worked extremely hard, and man, I'm excited to see some some things happen. Tyson Williams listed as the number one running back without a or next to his name on the depth chart. What did he do in camp to solidify himself in that spot? Um, I think overall he, he performed the best and in the competition, and we felt like um, Soup and Lopini were right there with him. We felt like he earned he earned that spot the right way in, in the competition. The great thing about that those three, that it, it brought them even closer together, you know. And uh, Patty spoke to our team last week and mentioned that um, the love that competition brings when you when you're able to help and. And share that she talked about the quarterbacks being able to help each other in, in years past and how that made them uh, much better as a group so I think our players took it to heart and I think she just confirmed what they were doing that it's working so in the long run um, Tyson earned, earned it so uh, we'll, hopefully we'll be able to there'll be opportunities to see all three of those guys perform. Where do you anticipate the offense making its biggest improvement from from the success we saw towards the end of last year jumping into this season? Um, I think there's a there's a high um, possibility of just our guys gelling well together. There's not a lot of um, a lot of questions going into the year. You know, we we have a physical O line that has some experience, and not just the five starters. There's guys that have started other games and played a significant amount of reps. And so I think the fact that we have some young, experienced guys like Zach and others and Lopini uh, plays into it, and then we have some good veteran leadership as well. So. Having guys like Aleva Hifo that have played a lot of reps, you know, and um, looking at guys like Micah Simon and Talon Shumway, those guys have done a great job leading as upperclassmen, but they've done an amazing job encouraging the younger players to be leaders themselves, Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, and others who normally wouldn't speak much have been put in position by our leaders to come out of their shell a little bit, and, and our team is better because of it. Does the result of this rivalry game have an impact on things like recruiting and, and that goes beyond just the playing field? Um, I don't know. I think I think we're going to recruit the guys that want to be here, you know. And and um, I never had a recruit come in and say, "Well, whoever w wins this game, we're going to commit to them." So uh, that's when it comes to recruiting, it's about connections. And you look at the the way that AJ Stewart had been able to connect with Soup and with Tyson. That's what brought him here. So it is the fact that we uh, we will show our recruits that we love them and we want them here and that we'll take care of them. And it's not just football driven you know my goal is to see what they can be in life and our coaches echo that and, and, and our goal is to try to build a culture where they can thrive and they have a great purpose not just football wise but in the community and and they can grow spiritually and learn a lot of things and become better people momentum and momentum plays play obviously a big role in football is it harder to manage during a, a rivalry game those kind of things when they're happening no just keep getting more and more momentum plays and then and then uh You know, do whatever we can to keep it rolling. I think how you answer to adversity has got to play a factor into that as well. And um, you know, our our guys are built for the, for all of it right now. And I, I have a lot of confidence going into this game that um, that the leadership and the maturity of this group will play a huge factor in being able to respond to momentum swings and things like that. And 
and the experience that they've gone through the last few years will help them um, gain the momentum back if, if we can do that and, and also not just gain the momentum back but build on it and let it steamroll. Why awesome. haven't you named captains yet and what's your plan? For no, we have a, a large group of leaders on this team and um, I just looked at a lot of different organizations and, and uh, team vote matters but I think our, if you were to look at the voting on our team they would vote the same guys that I think are leading this team already and I don't want to limit it to four people so our leadership group would decide the four to go out for a coin toss and um, there it is you know and I um, I look at places place, uh, uh, the structure of the military and things like that they don't vote to see who's going to be in the ranks they assign them and right now I've assigned a lot of leaders that have taken the initiative and become leaders themselves they'll be the captains and they'll decide who goes out for the coin toss and that's how it's going to work. I'm just really pleased with how many uh, the amount of leaders that we have on this team, young and old, and uh, we just keep building on that. You Can talk you speak defensive line is touted as one of the best in the country. Do you have confidence that your offensive line is up to the task? They have no choice. They have to be, right? And, and uh, they've known about them, and they, they saw them last year. So uh, we'll see what happens. We've, we've had a, a, a great opportunity to get stronger and bigger and faster, and so we'll see if it matches up. I know that... Uh, Utah's D-line brings a, a lot of experience and a lot of physical play, and I like that matchup. So I think our guys are excited to see where they match up with possibly the, the best D-line in college football, and let's see what happens, man. Kyle Whittingham said earlier today that Zach Moss would be ready to go on Thursday. What uh, challenges does he present with, with his uh, efficiency and effectiveness as a running back? Yeah, great running back. I mean, he's he's a projected to be a high draft pick for a reason and uh, he has a he has a lot of uh, unique skills that makes a great running back and flourish and I think with Andy Ludwig as the offensive coordinator they're going to lean heavily on his abilities and his skills and we've been planning for him this entire time so I, I'm glad he's able to play uh, I, I think he the college football is better when he's healthy and he can play same thing with Britt Covey those guys are great athletes and I'd like to see them on the field and and uh, he came back to school for a reason, you know, and, and to be with his boys and to play. And, and our job is to try to disrupt it a little bit and see where we match up with one of the best running backs in college football. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, I've been really, uh, I've been really, uh, you know, just really, I don't know, was that a... <laughs> Anyways, I, I lost my train of thought for a second. But no, I, I, I've, been, I've been impressed with what he's done on film, you know, and, and uh, so I... I think it's going to be a great challenge for us. I think our guys are up for it. Was there any dialogue that went on um, between you and Devin when you talked about giving him his brother's number for this year? I think that's always our, that's just a, um, I don't think we have to say much. I think if you're a Kafusi from from Steve and Michelle, you're going to have number 90, and I'm probably sure the grandkids would do that too, and I'm going to commit all, all of the grandkids, uh, all the grandsons. So, I mean, yeah, wondering if you'd offer that. Yeah, and if they have girls, they can play volleyball and basketball and track and wear number 92, soccer. So, yeah, I think that's just kind of, that's a family number, and I'm good with it. And I think he, he if you're above 6'6 and you weigh 270 or so, then you should be wearing that number. You've said in the past that this fan base that follows this program is, is Power Five mm -hmm. worthy. What are your expectations as far as just the atmosphere that's going to take place on Thursday night? Yeah, I just want our fans to have fun, man. And, and a lot, large part of that is us and our performance. I want them to enjoy it too. You know, I think uh, I mentioned earlier that they're so focused on the end result they could really miss out on some memories. That goes for the fans as well. I just my job is to make them happy, and I'm looking forward to doing that. You know, and. I just want them to just have a great time. Come in there and and Lavelle Stadium, named after a man I love, and uh, let's scream our hearts out and, and see what happens at the end. But I think there'll be a lot of memories. We have only 60 minutes to make it work of game time, and just want them to enjoy every second of it. Coach, with the tight ends, is there any update with Moroni? Yeah, Moroni, I think he's on the depth chart. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're planning on playing him. Isaiah Heron's not listed. Is he... Injured. What's his status? He was a little banged up in camp, but um, you know that thing can it can change any any second now. So depending on what happens today, but yeah, he he, he came into camp doing some really good things. There's a lot of DBs that are aren't listed on the depth chart that I think could still have a factor and have a role in, in this game. Along those same lines, depth in the secondary was something that you were kind of focused on in fall camp. How do you feel that shaped up heading into this game? Yeah, I, th I think there were some really cool surprises and some some things that we could count on and. 
um, as far as personnel, and I'm, I'm really excited about this group. I think we've got good enough depth, and that's with um, you know with the absence of Troy and Chris, you know, in there. So uh, this is a good group, and I and I, I like the leadership that I've seen from Diane and Austin Lee, and I think that that'll it'll go a long way with with this this group here that can play. They're, they're really gifted. There's some freshmen that haven't seen the game, but I'm excited to see them get on the field. Two guys that have entered the two deep. Um, Bo Tanner and Hayden Livingston, what have they done in order to get into the two deep? Yeah, they competed their butts off. They, they earned it. And so, um, you know, um, I think Bo Tanner's done some great things. He played safety and corner so he can be a swing guy for us. And Hayden's worked extremely hard. Yeah, they just got home from his mission um, in January and put in some work since spring ball to now. And uh, I'm excited to see those guys play. They, they've earned the right. And, said we'll play the best guys and the best guys right there on the depth chart for us. What's the schedule going to look like between now and kickoff on Thursday? How are you going to approach it for your guys? Yeah, um, so we'll, we'll work on this will be a Wednesday for us and tomorrow Thursday and then you know we're 48 hours tomorrow close to the game and we'll go from there. So our, our guys are kind of trained on it. We're practicing a little bit later. You know, uh, we did this last year getting ready for the time change and but we've been practicing in the afternoon and in the heat of the day and so uh, I think having these guys just adjust their clocks. We did that a little bit last weekend to now we'll get them ready so that they're able to perform at their, you know, at their peak when it's 8.15. How important is this game to your future? Do you think this game Thursday with Utah? Uh, I'm going to coach always. You know, I, I love coaching this game. I don't think about anything like that. I'm more, more concerned with uh, getting these young men the future that they deserve. And so that's what I'm focused on. Something that Utah's done very well over the years is uh, win the field position battle with their punching and kicking team. Jay Goldroyd, currently starting puncher and field goal kicker, what has he done to set himself apart, and does he kind of sway the edge in, in BYU's favor, perhaps? Yeah, and I, I think, well, I don't know compared to what they, they've always had a strong kicking um, group and with their specialists there, so I, I, I've seen it, you know, but so they'll always be ready, but I think that Jake gives us the best opportunity to, to probably flip the field a couple times, and, and when he's called on to punt. I still think there's an opportunity for Danny to be on the field as well, but uh, it all depends on the, you know, on, on what we're we're seeing, what we're trying to accomplish. With the defensive line, do you feel like this is a group that's the best equipped in your tenure here at BYU to get at three or four man pass rush consistently and create some havoc? I believe so. You know, it's it's uh, we'll have to see, and, and if we can get the scheme devised so that they can get a lot of one on ones. The hard part about Rushing three is that you probably only have one of the one of the three D linemen that, that gets a one on one, and uh, it doesn't really matter if we, if if we get uh, one guy in a one on one, I expect him to win, and so that's what's going to come down to whether it's a three man, four man, five man rush. Um, the easy ones is when no one there's no, uncontested sacks, you know, when no one's there to block them, and so if we have to dial that up, we'll do that too. I think we need to find ways to disrupt their offense with a with a you know with a um, the quarterback that has a lot of experience and the backfield that has a lot of experience. Last question for Coach. What advantages does it bring being that this matchup is in your house? Oh, yeah. We, we, the noise should work in our favor, you know. But um, I think once you get on the field, the, we've been able to communicate with loud music and, um, and, 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 um, and then do it with, with ways that coaches don't have to, that don't have to be heard. And so... Thursday night, it's going to be up on the players. You know, coaches aren't going to be there to save them. And luckily, in practices, we've been in that position where we let the players do their thing and be out in a position and, and put them in, in uncomfortable spots. And uh, hopefully, that, that uh, the way they were over to, were able to overcome them in practice can show in, on, in the game as well. There's BYU coach Kalani Sataki. Before him, Kyle Whittingham and Gary Anderson. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.